Hey, good morning, Northern Hills Church. It's good to be here with you this morning. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm part of the teaching team, and uh, we are thrilled for those of you that are here in person, for those of you that are also joining us online. Hey, can we give it up again for Jackie and the worship team with that song? They killed that. We are opening our a series called Summer Playlist, and they knocked it out of the park. Uh, the song is titled Praying, and it was created by the uh, artist named Kesha. Praying. What do you think we're going to dig into this morning? And I would actually ask you that. You might be thinking that we're going to be talking about the prayer life or what the prayer life looks like, but I would say no. You're wrong because that song actually has less to do with praying and has more to do with forgiveness. We're going to get into some context on that in just a second. Um, I, I want to give us a little bit of background here with Kesha, okay? Kesha came out as an artist, uh, and her first song that she came out with was called TikTok. Some of you are familiar with that, the TikTok on the clock because the party don't stop, no Oh, 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 okay, that was good. And uh, I'm not on the worship team for a lot of reasons. Um, I obviously embarrassed my, my entire family. Actually, I was just going to say my daughter, but probably my entire family there. But Kesha came out with the song TikTok. It was a song that was talking about, again, the party and what takes place at the party and happenings at the party. The party didn't start until she arrived. And I have to say, when I heard the song and sort of the bop, <laughs> teeny bop flavor I got with it. I immediately went and, and appreciate. I grew up in the era where Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, a lot of these artists were coming out. So I sort of chalked her up to the, just that teeny bop, semi-talented artist that the music industry was going to sort of take their time with, make some money off of, and then throw away at some point. But the song Praying came out in 2017. And when I heard that song... It sounded, and you felt it this morning, it's more like an anthem. There's something about that song, as I was listening to it on the radio, that there was such conviction in it. And I felt like the lyrics had deeper meaning to them, that probably I was writing off Kesha a little too soon or not giving her enough credit uh, for what she was trying to communicate. And so I started digging in a little bit more. Uh, those of you that watch E! Entertainment News... A lot, right? Some of us are like, I know Pastor John, if you have anything e-entertainment questions, Pastor John is your man, all right? He's going to answer those questions for you. But I'll, I'll give us the synopsis so we know Kesha's story here. We would hear it on e-entertainment news. It's a woman that for a couple of years endured a very public legal battle with a man who really had made her career. Now, we don't need to identify the man. That's a Google search away for you. But what you need to know is that this man oversaw her contract, which may just seem like, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a working relationship that many of us have. But this was a little bit more unique. This man owned her music. He produced her music, her music the songs that she wrote, the songs she performed, and any future music any future stories that she would look to tell. Kesha, were, they were controlled by this man. And she accused him of breaking her trust. It was professionally and personally. She accused him in court of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. And the case lingered on. Everyone watched it play out on their screens or in the newspapers. And the ruling came through that Kesha could not break out of her contract. 
And so this man, according to Kesha, would keep her music, her talent, and the story she wanted to tell within his hands. And so Kesha did a lot of interviews during that time. She started talking about how she was going to therapy. She stated that she was starting to spend more time with family, more time with her pets, more time with her God. And in the summer of 2017, that's when she released this anthem that we're diving into this morning. I hope you're somewhere praying. I hope your soul is changing. I hope you find your peace falling on your knees praying. And the first 279 times that I heard the song on the radio, I don't know if I was listening. I don't know if I was listening because it seemed like a song on prayer, but when we know someone's story, when we know the backdrop, when we know their life, there's so much different context to what the song could and does mean, right? So the woman who had a dollar sign in her name at one point, I don't think that's the case anymore, the glittered starred eyeshadow, this person that suffered terrible, this terrible lawsuit and all that comes with it, who didn't get out of the contract of an abuser, who was slammed by multiple media uh, for just coming out and trying to overthrow big money pop music. She wrote this anthem. This anthem wasn't, I hope my abuser gets what's coming to them. That's not what the anthem was about. The anthem wasn't, I hope that someone comes in and tears apart the industry limb by limb with wild bunnies because I just want this person or the industry to lose, to lose their influence. She didn't proclaim that the people who had ruined her life should suffer. Instead, she said, I hope you're somewhere praying. I hope your soul is changing. I hope you find some peace. Now, whether you believe Kesha, whether you believe what she is saying is true or not, I think the root of her message, I think it's something we all long for in our spiritual maturity, in our journey that we are making with Jesus Christ, which it's a roller coaster of a journey, isn't it? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Look, forgiveness can be one of the most difficult topics to master in this life. And the topic of forgiveness, I'm going to just call it this morning, it's a loaded one. Because many of us have difficulty with forgiveness. Some of us have uh, difficulty forgiving ourselves. Some of us are navigating that right now. Some of us have difficulty forgiving God. Many of us are there. For the purpose of this morning, we're just going to discuss simply, and really not so simply, forgiving others. And as I said, I want to call it because I think it's a tough subject for many of us. Many here at church, see, we can play church. We can play church and come into this place and just look to walk away with a warm fuzzy. But I'm going to lean in this morning because even in the fun and light series, that summer playlist is when we can break down a top 10 hit that's put out by an artist. There's something in our spiritual journey that God wants to teach us this morning. And we talk about the heavy because God's word, the Bible, is our map on how to navigate the heavy. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this doesn't catch God off guard. People that were living in the time of Moses and Daniel and Jesus, they were coming into contact with relationships 
Relationships that are hard to navigate sometimes, hard to understand sometimes. And as they were walking the earth, the same things that we're dealing with here in 2021, they were dealing with then. And so we're going to start in the gospel of Luke. And I just want to set the stage again, context matters, right? So let's look at Jesus's word here. And Jesus is talking to his disciples in this passage, and he's trying to help them to understand that they would also be hurt that they're gonna run into relationships that are going to hurt them, that they would be disappointed, that they might be betrayed by people that are close to them. He says this in Luke 17, one, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Now there's another translation of the Bible. Another translation says that it is impossible that no offenses would come. That's impossible that no offenses would come. It means for this life, this life that we have, however long you have, there are gonna be people that hurt us, let us down, betray us. And Jesus says, this is something that is going to happen. Then he says, verse three, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. In other words, don't pretend. Don't pretend that something didn't happen. Let's confront them. Let's deal with it. As sons and daughters of the king, we're followers of Christ. And so we look to make things right. Our goal is reconciliation. And so what we're going to talk about, what we're going to deal with, what we're going to try to find healing in is that relationship. If your brother and sister sins against you, rebuke them, continuing in verse 3. And if they repent, forgive them. If they repent, forgive them. In other words, let it go. Let it go, let them off the hook. We release it, we forgive them. And then Jesus says something that I believe is incredibly challenging. He says in verse four, even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And the disciples must have been like you and I are right now. Are you kidding And perhaps they were thinking the same thing that you and I may be thinking, I'm going to give you one of those repenting moments. Maybe I'll give you two. But that two thing even sits wrong with me. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Not two in a day, maybe in a lifetime, but not in a day. Definitely not four, not seven. If they come back and they apologize, if they repent seven times in a day, forgive them. Verse five, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Apostles knew this subject, this conversation about forgiveness, it was gonna take faith. And it was gonna take more faith than they had to be able to grasp what that looks like. Here's a quick note to jot down this morning. You're gonna need faith to forgive. You need faith to forgive because many of us are like Kesha. There are some of us in the room today that we have been hurt deeply by another person, maybe by people. Our lives have been impacted significantly by the sins and betrayal of another person. My question to you this morning is who betrayed you? Who's betrayed you? Who's lied to you or who's lied about you? Who mistreated you, took advantage of you? See, I think small offenses, those are the relatively easy ones to forgive, right? Somebody cuts you, uh, cuts you off in line at a grocery store. Okay, 
Not a big deal. But if that same individual continued to cut you off in the grocery store, and as they cut you off in line, they give you sort of a snarky look, that's a little bit more of a problem, right? Where you might go MMA on them at some point, right? If it's a continued offense, right? The pre-chorus of Kesha's song, it goes, because you brought me through the flames and you put me through hell. I had to learn how to fight for myself. And we both know all the truth I could tell. I'll just say this, I wish you farewell. Forgiveness, it's not so easy when it's not just a one-time thing. Forgiveness can be really difficult when it's a very big, very painful thing that has taken place in our lives. When we continue to be by, betrayed by someone that we trust over and over again, someone that we've loved dearly, we've always admired them, and, and then we found out maybe they didn't have the best for us like we first assumed. Who betrayed you? Was it a roommate? Was it a roommate growing up? Maybe stole something from you, cheated you out of something? Was it a kid in school that bullied you, that maybe bullied you to your face, but especially in today's age, bully, bullies you online? Was it the boyfriend or girlfriend that lied to you and then ended up lying about you? That lie that, that they said about you, it made you feel small and it made you feel insignificant. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a spouse that has crushed your heart. Maybe it was authority figure in your life, someone you admired, someone that should have been protecting you, but they didn't protect you. Maybe they actually touched you inappropriately in some, and in some sick and twisted way, they've made you think that was actually your fault. And you've carried that for years now. Who betrayed you? Who hurt you? And do we really need to forgive that person? Do we really need to forgive something like fill in the blank? Do we need to forgive something so significant, something that we didn't deserve to, at all? And if we're supposed to do that, supposed to, how do we do that? Practically, how do we forgive something that seems so unforgivable, and especially if something is continuing on and on? We just don't understand. And I'm not here today. I'm not here for you viewing online to give the easy answer. I believe there's so much nuance and every situation has its own opportunities given. Every situation has its own experiences that we've experienced. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. Just three quick examples. One of my good friends, one of my good friends had a trusted neighbor and they lived down the street for, uh, from this neighbor for many, many years. This family friend was grooming the kids in the neighborhood. They took advantage of my friend's daughter in her elementary years. They molested her in ways that are too gross to talk about publicly, and not just her, but other kids in the neighborhood that would come down to that house to play. And there were years of abuse right under my good friend's eyes. Many years ago, there was a trusted friend that I had here at Northern Hills Church, a guy that in many ways I trusted with ministry, that I trusted with my personal well-being here at Northern Hills. And he did something to betray the integrity of the church, the integrity of the ministry. He did something that compromised a lot of people, hurt, hurt a friendship of mine and someone that was very intimate and important to me. Now, those would be in the past. Maybe those, even in the past, or discussing them at least, would be easier to forgive. But let's just get more current. During these past many months in navigating the situation I have with my mother, and putting her into a special care home 
finding out about her dementia, there were individuals that I found on text threads and any number of other things that I've investigated that were taking advantage of my mom. And not just taking advantage of her and her money because of her dementia playing off of that. These are relatives, great uncles, that have used and abused my mom sexually and physically. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's that much more difficult to forgive an individual that has hurt someone that you deeply care about as opposed to them just hurting you personally. Look, I've been there. So what do you do? How do you forgive? How do you forgive when you don't feel like forgiving? And what if you try to forgive and that person continues to wrong you? It's one thing to look at the Luke passage in context. Well, if they come and repent seven times, then you know what? They're, they're seeking forgiveness. They've repented. I can then forgive that person. But what if they don't do that? What if that person that you need to forgive is no longer here? on this earth or someone that you will never run into ever again. I know this is difficult and I know a teaching like this can be painful and gut-wrenching and agonizing for so many of us. But here's what I hope we understand this morning. As people of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, God tells us clearly that we're to forgive. That's the hard thing. I want to look at three different portions of Scripture here. Matthew 5.43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, which I wish it just stopped there <laughs> because that sounds like a great plan to me. Love the people that are nice to me and hate the people that are mean to me, right? Verse 44, but I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Dang it, Jesus. Really? The Apostle Paul says this in the book of Ephesians. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Whew. Heavy words from the Apostle. But if a guy who wrote three quarters of the New Testament's words aren't really significant for you, then maybe just Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6 will stop you because <laughs> it stopped me in my tracks. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, this is Matthew six fourteen through 15, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. Here's the point I'm trying to make. This isn't a self-help message this morning. <laughs> this isn't the warm fuzzy that maybe we were all hoping for coming out of church with a light, fun, playful summer playlist series. But I'm just trying to help us this morning understand something. For the Christian, for the one who is seeking to follow Jesus Christ, write this down. God is crystal clear. Forgive others. Forgive others. What does that mean really, Brandon? What does that really mean? Well, I think we need to start off with what it doesn't mean. Because there's so much nuance, let's frame forgiveness a little bit here. Here are the two things that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. To forgive doesn't necessarily mean that we're just supposed to wipe our brain or that magically, like some kind of robot that you can just clear space out, that we're going to have no recollection whatsoever what took place. 
It means that when something happened to us, it's not about sweeping that under the rug. It's not saying what that person did wasn't wrong, wasn't completely wrong, or that it wasn't sinful. It's not saying that you have to be a doormat for the rest of your life. And it's not saying that you should allow someone to keep abusing you and to keep abusing you. And then you go ahead and just smile and take it and send them Christmas cards and respond to their online uh, their online. Uh, features and whatever they're doing with heart emojis. That's not what it's saying here. That's not what forgiveness is. Listen, we can forgive someone and have boundaries. Those two things can exist at the same time. You can forgive someone and like Queen Elsa from Frozen, you can let it go. Let it go and be in the hands of the one whose hands can handle it. But there's consequences. And those consequences mean boundaries being built. See, sometimes our fruit is not good fruit. We're all bearing some kind of fruit in this room. And healthy trees bear good fruit. Unhealthy trees bear bad fruit. And so the bad fruit that we've produced, and we've all been there, the bad fruit that we've produced, sometimes that comes with consequences with it. That's just part of it. But we can forgive someone, or or if we're looking to take the time to be forgiven by someone, that means that relationships are going to take time to heal. There's going to need to be a period of time where that needs to be repaired, if it's ever going to be repaired. It's okay to forgive and create boundaries. Forgiving is not Forgetting. What else is forgiveness not? Forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not fair. There's absolutely, that's nothing fair about forgiveness. And it can feel like sometimes you're just letting someone off the hook, that you're letting go for really no reason. And so that's supposed to just be gone now, Brandon. It's not fair and it's not natural. It's not fair. Fair would be paying back that person for something they've done. You've hurt my mom. I'm going to hurt you that much more. Jesus is telling us, pray for those that persecute you. (laughs) Okay, Lord, I want to pray that this individual gets hemorrhoids in their eyes. That's what I'm going to be praying for. I don't even know if hemorrhoids in your eyes is a thing, but that's what I'm praying for. This This is a tough, tough thing. I want things to be fair, and I want God to be fair. I want God to be fair on behalf. I expect God to be fair. But here's what's interesting. I expect God to be fair, except with me. I don't want God to be fair with me. God's not always fair. God's always just. But God is not always fair. Because if he was, then I would get what my bad fruit deserves. Another way to say that is, I would get what my sin deserves. Psalm 103, 10 through 12. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our inequities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. See, God isn't always fair, but he's always just. He doesn't repay us according to our inequities because I deserve death. We deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve punishment, but he gives grace. And it's because... He's not fair. Thank God that he's not fair. 
forgiveness is not necessarily forgetting. And it doesn't mean that forgiveness will always feel fair. Those are two things that forgiveness is not. Here are two things that are true about forgiveness. Forgiveness is giving others what God gave us in Jesus Christ. That's a truth. That's a thing that forgiveness is. <laughs> forgiveness is giving others what God gives us in Jesus Christ. And for those of us that are followers of Jesus, I have a question for you. Have you been forgiven about something? Forgiveness is good, isn't it? Have you been given grace and received his mercy in ways that you can't even explain? Have you been the beneficiary of the goodness of God? Because I don't know about some of you. Some of you may be sitting here and you may be perfect. <laughs> and if you are this morning, I really, I do want to follow up with you and have the conversation. How's that life going for you? What are some of the rhythms you have? Because if that's you, I'll say this, Northern Hills is going to feel like an uncomfortable place for you because here at Northern Hills, this is a place where we're imperfect. In fact, one of the things we talk about, one of our core values is that it's okay to not be okay. Northern Hills is a home where people are in need of forgiveness, of God's grace. We're a forgiven people here. I don't know what you've been forgiven for, but I sure know what I've been forgiven for. And thank God for his forgiveness, his mercy and his love for me. First John tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, the culture today, we have a really hard time talking about sin. I think the easier conversation for us to have is that nobody's a sinner and that we're all just really good people. That, 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 that's not a truth though. The truth is that we all sin. The word in Greek, it's an archery term. It simply means to miss the mark. And it doesn't matter. We've all missed the mark. And you may think, well, I've only missed the mark this much. And maybe Brandon's missed the mark by this much. But the point is, is that we've all missed the mark before God. But if we confess that before God, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I'm sorry that I've had an unhealthy tree in moments of my life and I've produced bad fruit, maybe terrible fruit. God is faithful and he's just to forgive. And because of Jesus Christ, because of his perfect life here on earth, because of his death on the cross, because of his resurrection from the grave, and because of that ascension proving he is God. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We are purified from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness? Forgiveness. It's giving to others what God has given to us. That's the good news of the gospel. And it's not just for us. It's for other people. Forgiveness is for others. Here's a way to think about the power of the gospel that you've maybe never thought about this morning. As disciples of Jesus, forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. Forgiveness is to flow through us. And that's what separates us from the world. That's how we look different than the world. That forgiveness cannot just flow freely to us, but that it flows from us. This undeserved mercy, undeserved grace, undeserved goodness that flows to us and from us. And why would God, why would God ask us to forgive? I think there's probably a lot of reasons. I, I probably couldn't even pinpoint all the reasons that God would ask us for, to forgive. But one of the most solid ones that I've come up with, why he would ask us to forgive, even what seems to be so unforgivable and isn't fair, is that God loves us. 
God loves us. Here's the last note. Forgiveness is God asking us to release something in order to receive something. That's God's love. That's God's love for you and for me. Forgiveness is God asking us to release something in order to receive something. See, Kesha puts it like this in her song. I'm proud of who I am. No more monsters. I can breathe again. And you said I was done. Well, you were wrong, and now the best is yet to come because I can make it on my own, and I don't need you. I've found strength I've never known. I've been thrown out. I've been burned. When I'm finished, they won't even know your name. Look at me. Kesha gets something. Just in those words of a song, there's a deeply rooted truth in there for us that she has released something in order to receive something. That's the testimony of her life. She's making this declaration about her life that her future life is going to be greater and better than a past life she has lived. Why would God ask us to forgive? Because he's not asking you to forgive just the other person, just so that other person can be healed. God has loved you so much from the beginning of time, he has loved you so much that he's not just asking you to forgive the other person so they can be healed. He's asking you to forgive the other person so you can be healed. That's how much God loves you because he wants you to be healed. He's asking you to forgive that person and that will heal you. It's gonna heal the wound in you. Look, forgiving the other person that betrayed you that cheated on you, that lied to you, that hurt you, it may or may not set them free. That's between them and God, but it will set you free. Every time you forgive someone else, it's gonna always set you free and God loves you that much. That's what he wants for you, to be free, to release something in order to receive something. And that's what I find amazing, Kesha's prayer it's not that her enemy, it's not that her victimizer would be vanquished. Kesha's prayer for the one she's forgiving is that they would be redeemed. I hope you're somewhere praying. I hope your soul is changing. I hope you find your peace, falling on your knees, praying. Look, I know I know the deep and the deepest parts that are in me that this is so difficult. <laughs> that forgiveness of another person brings up so many significant wounds for so many of us. And I hope you hear this morning that there is no part in me that is trying to be trite with that. There's so much nuance to that. There's no part of me that's saying this is easy. You wanna know what I think's easy? because I see it play out in my own life and I see it play out in our world on a daily basis. You know what's easy? I think it's easy to hold a grudge. I think it's easy to have roots of bitterness. I think it's easy to hold on to something that we were meant to let go of so long ago and that thing that we're holding on to has dictated the very future that we don't want. I think it's easy to try to not heal. I think it's easy to not talk 
and work things out, to actually isolate and never have the conversation. I think it's easy to walk in hatred and unforgiveness. I think it's easy to let the enemy convince us that we have no path forward. So don't forgive self, God, or others because you have no path. That's what's easy. It's not easy to forgive. It's easy to remain bitter. And so we will need, again, I said this earlier, the first thing, we will need faith. The apostles knew it. I think we know we'll need faith to forgive because it's not easy. But if you're willing to release something, I'm trusting God today and moving forward out of these walls that he has something for you to receive, something very unique to you and your character. <laughs> and when he does it, we're, gonna, we're just gonna ask God <laughs> to give us more faith because we're gonna need faith to forgive. See, some of us, we're in marriages right now that are just struggling. And perhaps there's even been adultery that has taken place in that marriage. It's entered into the picture. Perhaps that's why you're divorced. Perhaps that's why you haven't forgiven your ex because of the adultery. And immediately you're like, Brennan, adultery, those are biblical grounds for divorce. Yes, they are. But what if I were to tell you that there's also biblical grounds for forgiveness? And not just for your ex, not just for our marriages. What if there's biblical grounds for forgiveness with the relationships we have? With our church? Because we're broken people connecting with broken people and because we need forgiveness. And see, you get the choice. You get to choose to either walk away from that or you can choose to offer something to someone else that they don't deserve. That's our choice. And I can't tell you what to do because I don't know all the stories in this room and I don't know all, how it's all made up in your marriage or that relationship you have. But here's the lesson that God's taught me. In every good marriage, in every good relationship, what you have is two good forgivers. That's how it plays out. People that are willing to let go of their pride and ego for a moment and just forgive the other person. God, give us faith to forgive. Look, I understand the abuse that you faced and the abuser that hurt you. I am here to declare this morning it wasn't right. It wasn't right and they did wrong to you and that it takes faith to forgive that person. But God, God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be a prisoner, a prisoner to the pain anymore. And he, and, he, and he doesn't want you to dwell so much on your past and hold on to the year. Brandon, it's been years of abuse. And God is telling you that I want years for your future. I wanna give you the best years moving forward. So I need you to forgive that person. God, help us, give us faith to forgive. See, sometimes the best healing, sometimes the best healing is gonna happen on the other side of pain. It's on the other side of pain that that healing can begin. And I'm not saying it's easy, but the easy thing is the thing that we've gotten used to. And so we gotta start leaning in to do the hard thing because that's what God wants for you and me. He wants more for us. He wants this freedom. God, give us faith to forgive. I know it's tough. This morning, you have a person in your mind. I'm gonna ask you to take this moment. We don't take moments enough, right? We just don't pause enough. We're so busy. 
You're so busy. Let's just take this moment because God's speaking to you about who you need to forgive or who about you need to seek forgiveness from. I just want you to have a transformative conversation with God between you and God. Let's take a moment to do that. Just pause to do that. Forgiveness. As followers of Jesus Christ, that's what we're called to do. And it doesn't change what he or she said. It doesn't change what he or she has done. It doesn't change the betrayal. It doesn't change the hurt. But it changes a soul. It changes our future. Many of us, our future looking for some change, right? We've been holding on to things and trying to navigate this life with ourselves. You've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe that's for a lot of reasons. Maybe it's because you can't forgive yourself. You can't forgive God. But today, as much as we're releasing other people, maybe it's time to release that. In fact, I would say that today is the day, not maybe. Maybe. Today's the day to release that. See, what happens with this root of unforgiveness that many of us hold on to, it's like hugging a cactus. You ever think of that for a minute? That sounds just strange. Like, think of hugging a cactus, but it's what it is. Because all it does in hugging a cactus is it's hurting you and it's keeping others on the outside from being part of your life. That's what hugging a cactus looks like. So stop hugging it. Release it. Let it go. Jesus came to save that which was lost. You're in great company. We're all lost. And we all need Jesus Christ. We all need him to redeem what only he can redeem. See, you're living in condemnation now if you're not forgiving yourself. You're living in condemnation of of a God who has good things for you. That's a story maybe that's played out that you've told yourself. And that is the enemy's biggest lie to each of us is that we have no future. God is not a condemner. He's a redeemer. And he wants to redeem you this very day. 
day, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would just ask that you pray this silently in your heart as I'm gonna pray it aloud right now. God, I am a sinner. We don't talk about sin. I am a sinner, God. I have missed the mark. And God, I am tired of navigating this life on my own. Father, I recognize that I am in need of a savior. And so would you, the great redeemer, would you just come in and redeem me? Because I'm broken and I want, I want to produce good fruit. I want to produce fruit that is pleasing to you and to others. I want freedom, God. I want to be made new. And I'm trusting in your good work that only you can accomplish, that you are the God that can transform my heart for now and for all eternity, God. I'm proclaiming this today, that I make you my savior. I make you the Lord of my life. And God, teach me what that looks like. Help me grow in this relationship. Help me tell others about this decision I've made, God. I trust in you today. I trust in you to do only what you can do. Thank you for forgiving me. And now help me forgive others. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, there is a party, there is a celebration in heaven right now. Welcome to the family. There's gonna be some cool stuff that God's gonna show you. And it's not gonna get easier from here. Sometimes it even gets tougher, but we're gonna link arms together and we're gonna celebrate that. Hey, coming out of this series, we have a huge day coming up. It's a baptism Sunday. It's just a whole day where we're gonna celebrate decisions that are made internally in an outward proclamation, in an outward party, if you will, by having a baptism Sunday here on Sunday, August 8th. One service, there are more details to come. John will go through those in a minute. Let's just pray. Let's pray to our God. Father, yeah, we just ask you this morning, help us, help us be a people of, of forgiveness. Help us be a people that would seek you out in all that we do. God, give us courage. This, is, this just gets into our kitchen, but we're trusting in you to transform a heart. And that starts with ours, God. Not with other people, not what people have done, not the betrayals we've received, God, but the change you want in our soul, the change you want to give us in our lives, the freedom and the future you want for us. Lord, that's what we proclaim this morning. We pray these things in your great name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.